0: everyone, this is Saloni and welcome to Unheard with Saloni, a podcast where inspiration meets practical advice from the most brilliant and successful women in Nepal and outside. There are many times I wonder, how do you think other women are doing things? I have all these questions, all these moments at work, in life, where I needed advice and I thought others might be feeling the same. So that's what I'm bringing to you with this show. Each week, I get these answers by talking to the smartest women I know and share it with you. My guest today on the show is Preeti Adhikari. You can find her on LinkedIn at Preeti Adhikari. That is P-R-E-E-T-I-A-D-H-I-K-A-R-Y. Preeti currently works at Innovation for Poverty Action, a research and policy nonprofit that creates and shares evidence while equipping decision makers to use evidence to reduce poverty. She has also recently joined Republic's Venture Partners Program, who are on a mission to democratize access to investing and get more founders funded. She's also part of Blue Ivy Ventures, a network powered venture capital with fellow Yale alums. Preeti has switched countries and industries more often than most people switch haircuts, but her roots in Nepal and exposure to life in Singapore, Canada, and the U.S. have shaped her worldview and her purpose in life. By dabbling in banking, nonprofits, and tech startups, she understands these domains as well as the common threads. Her hope is to bring in the best practices from around the world to uplift the innovation ecosystem in Nepal, and her ambition is to connect entrepreneurs from underrepresented communities to capital. Preeti currently lives in the US with her husband, teenage daughter, and hundreds of books. An ex-runner, she's an aspiring yogini and fitness enthusiast. Welcome to my podcast, Preeti. Thank you, Saloni. So excited to be here. Same. I have a bunch of questions and uh, you know, things that I feel I want to learn from you. Do you have a morning ritual and what does it look like? Um, So usually my day actually
1: starts at 5.30 in the morning. Um, I get up to make breakfast for my daughter. Um, Once she heads to school, um, then I start my day. Um, The first thing is um, a workout, maybe 30 to 60 minutes. Um, And I feel like that's been a very consistent and amazing, um, you know, um, routine for me. Um, I've tried other things uh, of course uh, like you know journaling and you know even meditation and, and other things but it was the one thing that's really really stuck over the years is is a morning uh, workout I think it just starts off my day in such a good positive note
0: Preeti I know that you are someone who plans her week religiously please share more about that and also how planning and scheduling has changed your life
1: so basically, um, I think that anything that's not on my calendar isn't uh, important and isn't going to happen. Um, at this point we I manage three uh, you know three emails um, and then you know the calendars for that. So, It includes all my work meetings, coffee chats, um, even fun things, fun personal things. Um, So one example is Sundays, we have uh, self-care Sundays where we have a a proper larger breakfast, um, pancakes usually. Um, And then my husband, uh, my dear husband, he puts hair oil on my daughter's hair and my, my hair and we put hair like face masks and we just relax. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, we've been doing it for, you know, years, but I still have it on my calendar just because I know that it's important, right? And, you know, some days we might be traveling or, you know, we miss it, but I still, it just reminds me to sort of um, get that done in a way.
0: Mm -hmm. I believe skill set is something that is not talent, right? That is something that can be accomplished with focus, time, hard work. What are the top two skills that you have acquired that has changed your life for the better?
1: Sure, um, two things. I mean, and there's like various, uh, I think, you know, small uh, sort of uh, things. One is um, taking notes during meetings, right? Um, and it's such a simple thing, right? Everybody does it, right? We use our notebooks or um, Google Docs and so on. But it's over the years, um, You know, it's really, really helped me document like everything that goes on in meetings and not just uh, not just like minute to minute, like taking minutes in meetings, right? It's it's a very different sort of thing where you're supposed mm-hmm. to just, just trying to capture everything, but trying to be a little more smart about it, uh, right? In terms of what actually that conversation is. Um, I, it makes me think about, you know, um, uh, talking about next steps and, and things like that, right? So not just for work meetings, uh, you know, even for coffee chats and stuff like that, uh, i usually take notes because that always one documents the conversation and it always you know makes me think about okay what's the next step what do i sort of you know how do i take it further and so on so um, that's been an amazing um, sk- i don't want to call it a skill but it's uh, it's been really really helpful yeah. uh, and similarly i think that the second thing is being organized uh, what that means, what that what i mean with that is just like the calendar, right, trying to organize everything, right, in terms of whether it's my photos, or my thoughts, or my ideas, and so on, right, I think, you know, uh, what also happens is, when we're really, really busy, we, everything is all over the place, right, Uh, I'm somebody that loves making lists, right, I have lists for everything, you know, Um, and, you know, some things don't Uh, might not work out and you know not all the lists are just you know uh, you're not going to be completing all the lists and so on but just being organized having that uh, that list or that document and so on it always helps you sort of one prepare better and then you know and in the future also go back and see where yeah how your journey has been
0: yeah And uh, are you an old school person and, you know, just like a notebook and a pen or are there any apps, you know, I know you mentioned like the calendar, but anything else that you feel has really helped you in terms of organizing productivity?
1: Sure, um, I do love notebooks. <laughs> I carry them everywhere, right? And even sometimes it's um, so weird because hardly anybody uses it, right? So it's I like know. even when when you when you go and meet people in coffee shops and you take out your notebook, it looks so strange. But I love it, anyways. Um, I've also started, uh, you know, Google Docs just because. Um, it's easier to transfer, right? I mean, i I have um, stacks of notebooks uh, that I keep and so on, but it's you know it's harder to go back and and so on, right? Um, so so the I mean, in terms of uh, being more efficient and everything, uh, uh, you know, having a digital copy helps. Um, there are other like uh, apps like Notion and things like that that I sort of use occasionally. Uh, so what I usually do is uh, you know have you know, make it simple, uh, you know, to begin with, just have it on uh, Google Docs and so on. And then if there are some themes that are appearing, right, like, for example, um, there there might be some, uh, some topic that I'm interested to explore more, like, for example, the startup ecosystem in Nepal or something like that, right? Then I'll sort of organize it on Notion or use Airtable. And there are so many apps to do it. But then just... Uh, just normal notes are just free form in um, Google or in my notebook.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, I'm also a very like notebook person and um, I love of- it. And I have my <laughs> colorful pens. <laughs> but uh, talking about skills, even confidence is a skill, right. That can be honed, uh, comes and goes with life. And you come across as one of the most confident people I see, like women I see right out there, sure about nice. herself, get stuff done. How do you do it? Like,
1: You know, one thing that I've been thinking about this for a while, right, I mean, um, and, you know, because I have lived in different parts of the world, I sort of adapted to different places and so on. But there I've been thinking about what, uh, you know, what characteristic that uh, like I love about these different places, right, for Nepal or Singapore or the U.S. and so on. And one thing that I'm so, so impressed with the US sort of culture is that confidence, right? I mean, and I've noticed it even, you know, when I was doing my undergrad and so on. So one one skill that I always wished I had is that American confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in the beginning, I used to think that it's just this, um, uh, almost like an arrogant, natural, That comes right, it's like either you have it or you don't, right? And uh, for Asians, culturally, we sort of you know overthink and we sort of you know go back and uh, think whether our question is right or wrong, and we like have all these doubts, right? But what I also now realize is that all confidence also comes from preparation, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, maybe we're not (laughs) born with it, right? But what we can do is really, uh, you know, work on on ourselves and sort of, you know, bring that forward, right? Um, So that's what I've been trying, right? In terms of, um, you know, doing that work so that what I say sounds confident, right? Um, Yeah, and I'm hoping that's working.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I know you mentioned that, you know, as Asians, we tend to overanalyze, overthink things most of the time, Uh, but research actually shows that as women, you tend to do it more, right? If uh, as a guy, you do something, you know, at work, you make a mistake, you will brush it off. Whereas uh, women will go over it in their heads and think, you know, maybe I wasn't that great. And, you know, for everything before we, you know, even before you apply for a job, just overthink, right? Um, Is there something you do or, you know, a self-talk or anything to, you know, when that happens? Something that works for you? (laughs)
1: I think that imposter syndrome is so true right? and it happens all the time to everybody and especially women right and I've you know discussed this with women from different cultures and different positions and it's like not just people that are just starting out but people that have accomplished so much and it's almost like this part of our nature in a way Mm. right um for me, I think, uh, of course, it just creeps in sometimes. Um, what helps is, is this, uh, this belief I have in myself, right? Um, and that is, I'm probably not going to be the smartest person in the room. Probably not, right? And, and I'm completely fine with that. What I am is going to be the smartest uh, worker and the most hard working one right and and that uh, you know I can you know outwork anybody uh, out there right this and I can you know learn and, and so on right so it's also this um, self-awareness right sometimes what happens is especially when we're surrounded by people that are more technical that have spent that have more experience that are like you know that like you and you name it right it can be something uh, the, somebody else has some you know more experience more like a better degree whatever it can and then you know it's not like we need these excuses but you know we, we compare right but when you are self aware and when you're okay with sort of not being the best but you know what your strengths are right and it, I think it's uh, you know it's a work in progress but I that's that's been helpful to me at least um, to to sort of you know, uh, hide that Mm imposter syndrome
0: and move forward. Uh, You know, I interviewed Mansi and uh, she told me the same thing. She said, I might not be the smartest woman in the room, but I can bet I'm the person who's going to work the hardest there. Also as women, you know, there are times, and you know, I also had this conversation with you last time. We want to do things, right? Uh, Maybe there are opportunities we want to go for, but there's also self guilt that comes along with it, right? I want to do this, but... uh, does this make me, you know, not that great of a partner, right, of a right. wife, right? Do you still feel that guilt? And if yes, how do you tackle it?
1: Um, <laughs> I think that guilt is always there, right? And, um, and the guilt isn't actually even the guilt that society gives us. I think women, we're conditioned to, you know... Uh, to give ourselves that, right? As if we don't have enough problems, we add that to our list of you know uh, things to overthink about, right? Um, and you know, so it's 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 a part of who we are. Um, so for me, as a, as a mom, uh, you know, at times it would just creep in, right? And especially because. I was very clear that I wanted to be very hands-on. I wanted to you know uh, shape my daughter in, in the way I want, like the values that, that I have or the way I want and so on. So it, it was very hard for me to sort of let that go and you know uh, sort of um, but over time I've been better at it, right um, in terms and it's again it's, it's it's this balance, right It's not like, um, The the guilt doesn't go away in in one shot, or you know, there's there's a balance that you have to do on a weekly basis or so, right? Where you say, okay, uh, these are things that are important for me, um, you know, um, and these are things that are important for the family, for my career, and things like that. I think learning like to make time for yourself, I think that's the biggest learning ever, right? And it's like sounds so selfish when we say that, right? It's like how can you want some time for yourself not even with your family right but it's like the biggest uh, the best thing you can do like you know in terms of family life or career and so on when you you know prioritize yourself
0: and since you brought up balance whether it's work life personal how do you define this balance
1: I always say that there is no work-life balance. There's work-life integration, right? I mean, um, especially now it's so hard to have this uh, switch on and off, like, you know, your complete different self at work and then, you know, have a completely different uh, parallel life at wh- like home and so on. It's not going to happen, right? I mean, uh, especially for women, it just, you know, flows into our lives, right? Um, and the best thing you can do is embrace it right? I mean, um, and just not, I mean, I think when I started out, I think uh, I would, I wouldn't want, I thought that being a mother was almost like a weakness, right? Because especially if you don't have other people that are sort of in that same phase of life, uh, or, you know, if the culture of the company is a completely different one, and so on, right? You sort of want to hide your weaknesses, but now I'm completely fine with, who I am, like, you know, good days and bad. Um, And again, like that, that helps with that balance, right, where you say, okay, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's an important week at work. So I need to be all in. But like, you know, there might be things that are super important for my personal life. And I say, okay, this is a week where I scale back and, um, you know, focus more on the family and so
0: on. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are some of the things that you do for self care or your personal time?
1: for self care um
0: what I works think... for you like it's different for different people <laughs> right but just what works right.
1: for you um for me it's a few things i think um uh, exercise is one thing right i think that's like i keep saying that uh, you know that's like 30 or 60 minutes whatever it is it's this time when I'm not, you know, answerable to anybody, right? And, and, and then one of the reasons I actually would try to do it in the morning is because, you know, then I can just, I'm free, right? I'm done with, you know, my time and then I can just, you know, um, do everything else. Um, so that's been like such a big thing and it's like nothing fancy, nothing crazy, right? But just this like time that I, even if I'm just stretching or something like that, it's mm-hmm. just been so helpful to um, to do that. Um, I think the second thing is, uh, you know, as my career aspirations evolve and so on, also figuring out, uh, you know, where I want to kind of stretch myself, right? Um, you know, there are times when, you know, especially if you're in like a comfort, comfortable zone, right? It's so hard to get out of it, and especially, again, like being a woman, right? It's like, if you're not... Um, Uh, the sole breadwinner or if you're not you know if you don't have to why would you sort of step out of your comfort zone and try to do these difficult things right but then sometimes a lot of these answers that you're looking for are in these difficult things right so it's like uh, what I do for myself is also stepping out sometimes right and doing these things that are not comfortable that are hard that are you know that are stressful in a way Right and, and along with us, our family also sort of goes that on that ride of being like you know uncomfortable and so on. But it's always good. Um, so you know, one thing that I sort of do is is that right. I mean, an example of that would be um, I love attending events and and um, meeting people and so on. But with family obligations, it's not always the easiest, right? And these events are not. I've whoever <laughs> thought of these did not. Uh, Family friendly, in a way, yeah. right? They'll be after work in the evenings. They stretch till 9, 8, 9 p.m. and 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 so on, right? It's not always the best thing, um, but you sort of prioritize it, right? So for me, I sort of look at things that are that I want to attend that would be good for my learning or my experience, and I so I say, okay, this is something that I want to do for myself, right? Um, and so,
0: so take it again, like a week by week. Mm-hmm going for something challenging, right? Like I think that's you, uh, you as an individual. Uh, some yeah. people spend 35 years in one industry, right? You are at the polar end of it. <laughs> you started as a research analyst at a bank, worked in energy consulting, AI, marketing operations there. And now, you know, at a non not-for-profit and also venture capital. Uh, you are someone who's always pivoted, you know at the right moment or when it is needed what is that catalyst that makes you shift industries? What are the signs you're looking for?
1: Um, I mean, it's not that I'm actually just, you know, it, uh, that I'm so unstable and just looking for mean I didn't mean that unstable, right? I mean, it just, no, no. you've I like, mean, spent a good I mean amount I mean, of time in- and... No, no, I have had such a non-linear career and sometimes yeah. I think of it and I'm like, oh my God, it's like a jack of all trades, right? I mean, done so much and so on. Um, But what it is, is um, I think I'm very curious, right? Um, And I'm always looking to learn, right? And there are so many things I'm interested in. Um, And sometimes i sort of even question myself, right? Why am I interested in so many things, right? I mean, I, I, why can't I just be interested in one domain and just stick to it and so on, right? But I am interested in so much, I want to learn and I want to kind of Uh, you know, expand my sort of uh, day to sort of fit in those things, I want to kind of, you know, take classes, or, uh, you know, read a book about it, or, you know, learn uh, through podcasts, and so on, right. So what that what has happened is a lot of things um, haven't been so planned as it sort of seems, right. I mean, I think in hindsight, it's so easy to look back and say, Oh, this was this, you know, amazing, right, I just did this, uh, you know, global citizen, whatever, right. But, you know, a lot of things sort of you know there you just go in that flow right where you're just um, uh, you explore new ideas you meet new people there's uh, you know a lot of sometimes synergy you you know you you take that leap um, some are just risk as well right again it's not uh, always like um, the best curated uh, moves right. Sometimes it's just you know your gut feeling. Sometimes it's just you know you just want to learn about a particular industry. So it's uh, it's a mixed bag of everything, right? Um, but what I sort of you know what I love is that now I can sort of look back and obviously I see this non-linear path. But for me, it's these dots are connected, right? These are dots are connected in terms of really being. Um, able to understand uh, what's happening in the developing as well as the developed world, Um, just, uh, you know, being able to share best practices across industries, really look at impact and so on, right? So when I think about the next uh, phase of my career, I am able to say, okay, uh, this has been my experience, how do I sort of leverage it to take it further? So it's, um, it's been sort of, you know, it's been crazy in that sense. But but it's, uh, you know, I'm glad that, things are connected and I can you know look forward
0: yeah but how has it also been to take new roles and start over
1: uh, <laughs> it hasn't been easy um you know it, it, some sometimes it's been fun obviously sometimes it's been tough right um, um I think if you start anything from scratch, especially as you get older, it's it's tougher, right? I mean, learning a yeah. new language, learning you know, skating, whatever, swimming, anything, right? Yeah. You name it; it's just tougher uh, as you age. Um, one sort of uh, you know suggestion or one thing that I've learned is not to go after titles right because you know as you switch through industries and uh, you know organizations and what you're trying to do it it fluctuates right So, so, so for me, one uh, thing has been to sort of give that, uh, you know, the love of the title away, right? So, you know, some at at one point I was a VP, sometimes I'm a manager, whatever, right? Uh, But if you say, okay, I'm, you know, I, I have X numbers of experience, uh, but I'm still a manager, but my peer group are all like VPs and so on, right? It just, uh, it's, it um, ruins it for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with that open mind. Right. I mean, especially if you're um, um, trying to get into a new industry because you're passionate about it, you think that that's where you belong. Then you should just sort of let that let all the baggage go right with the baggage of your old position or everything else you accomplished and be able to learn and um, and just fit in. Right. Um, so that's been really helpful. Um, And also, I think uh, that the whole comparison thing, right, I think we're also used to doing that, right, especially with our peer group, like there's this 30 under 30 and, you know, all these, all these lists, all these people and all these accomplished people, which is amazing, right, nothing against other people, but it's like, sometimes it's just um, not helping us in any way, right, by comparing others to others, and we're like, okay, Where am I among this, you know, group of accomplished people, but then, you know, our journey is so individual, right? Even if we sort of do the similar things, it's going to be super different than everybody else. So, so letting go of that comparison
0: factor helps as well. Okay. You know, you're doing all these things personally, professionally, and I know you prioritize a lot and, you know, go for what you want, but I'm sure there are things that are lost as opportunity cost in the way. So I was just Mm -hmm. wondering if, uh, you know, what gets lost for you and how do you justify it to yourself?
1: Um, I think what gets lost is, again, that focus, right? I mean, um, if uh, I were to spend, um, you know, uh, 20 years of my career in in one particular industry, it would be a very different trajectory um, than, you know, than spending five years here and 10 years here and, and so on, Right. Um, so in terms of um, in terms of overall when I look at the like uh, the big picture in terms of uh, you know my career as a whole, I think that's the thing right where it's not like I um, spend like 10 years in the AI industry, right I've spent like three or five and and they've done different things and so on. So one is that um, in terms of um, in terms of juggling all these interests and uh, you know priorities and so on I think it's so um, well, it's also exciting to have these options yeah right I mean yeah. um, because there's like so much especially in New York City right there's okay. this it's almost like the center of the universe in that sense right there's so much happenings about so many things and so on so if you are like you know uh, it's almost like um Uh, You know, being in a supermarket, uh, a small, smooth supermarket with five, you know, five different uh, brands of shampoo or, you know, a bigger one with um, 20 different uh, brands of shampoo, right? I mean, and you can sort of make a case for either one right yeah but I feel like right I mean there's sometimes you just don't want choices right I mean mm-hmm. you just want to pick one and go with it but sometimes it's
0: like um, you want them you want as many as possible so yeah
1: right sometimes it helps right I mean especially when when it's not uh, and, and it's not like the choice is changing on a daily basis and, and yeah. so on right it's just giving uh, your uh, giving you an opportunity and then you get to sort of uh, you know um, you get to sort of evolve and and things like that, right? So it's uh, it's fun as well to be able to say, okay, uh, you know, where could uh, t- where could I take my life, right? Um, so it's it's exciting, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was mentorship, because I know that's something you're very passionate about. <laughs> what we feel is, you know, if I ask someone to be my mentor. I need to be able to be of use to that person as well, right? Like, why would someone just advise me? But then because I doubt myself or I'm just like, I don't have anything to offer, I don't approach the person. So I was just Mm -hmm. wanting to know, is my assumption correct as to what does a mentor look for in a mentee? You know, what kind of relationship it needs to be? What would you say to people to encourage them to take their first step towards it?
1: Okay. Um, so I have
0: a lot of thoughts on mentorship. Yeah,
1: um, definitely. one. Um, I do think that um, women haven't been able to leverage it enough. Right. I mean, I call this a uh, measured men- mentorship in a way. Right. Where, um, it's uh, you really have to. Uh, work hard at it, right? I mean, it's not, it shouldn't just be this casual thing. But on the other hand, just to get started, what I also think is that we overanalyze this again, right? One more thing we overanalyze. What I mean is that we, when we think of mentorship, we think of, you know, somebody older, wiser, more accomplished, you know, all that, right? We have all these criteria and so on. And we sort of try to imagine what that uh, relationship should be, uh, probably a little more formal and, and things like that, right? So we have this perception. I don't know who tells us about these things, right? And and we just overthink and just ruin it, right? Um, what I do think now is uh, it a mentor doesn't even have to be older, wiser, anything like that, right? It can be your peer group, right? What you want is people that, uh, that you can sort of, uh, uh, you know, bounce ideas with, right? That can sort of give you feedback, and they can be from the same industry, different. It doesn't even matter, right? I think what you need is maybe a group that's, uh, you know, you can have obviously personal mentors as well, right? That sort of you know know you on a personal basis and things like that, but then people that um, you can just you know might have the same career aspirations that sort of are in the same industry, so it can be. You know your peer group or something like that, right? It's just about how you leverage it, how you use it,
0: yeah. right?
1: Um, you know, an example uh, is, um, you know, and I, I was going to actually write about that today is um, what I call an accountability group, right, where. Um, yeah, for example, I have uh, one or two of those where it's people that um, that are sort of, you know, ha- are in si- are the similar uh, phase as me, that are interested in a particular industry as me, and we sort of meet occasionally, we, you know, share ideas, we sort of help each other, and apart from sort of that, uh, we don't really like like hang out, just, you know, just so we don't go to watch yeah. a movie or something, right? Yeah. So it has a very specific purpose, but we sort of, you know, get along great. We um, all have the same sort of values in terms of accountability and, you know, uh, moving forward and things like that, right? So it's, it's, it's great as well. So in terms of um, mentorship, I think we uh, overanalyze it. I think it's, um, and we sort of, <laughs> Uh, we ruin it again, right? So I think it's better to not do that, take baby steps, just get started, right? I think a lot of uh, things that we want to do in life are just in our heads. They never, we never get started on it, right? So I would rather people start, make mistakes, learn and and rather than like, you know, waiting for the perfect way to ask somebody or something like that, right? I think it's um, just better to do it that way. What we think is one day we'll meet somebody that's just, uh, you know, uh, almost love at first sight, right? In terms of mm. mentor, we, we're we going to have this amazing relationship. They're going to sort of lift me up and, you know, do that. And, you know, it's all sounds so magical. And especially sometimes we read about these uh, mentor-mentee relationships that are like amazing, right? And which, has, which are great. But I also think that these are rare. That sort of serendipity and like amazing connection and so on, right? Uh, What I want people to do is start by reaching out to people, right? Not to be a mentor, but to have a call, right? Just listen to their conversation, share about your, you know, what you want to do, see if there's a connection, see, like, just get in the, you know, enjoy that moment in a way, right I think we're just uh, we think five steps ahead and we're sort of not enjoying like this particular like the present Mm -hmm. right and I think um, a lot of relationships just evolve right yeah but you sort of because you're sort of so formal and you're so so anxious to make somebody your mentor that you sort of know don't don't become yourself you're sort of trying to ask the right questions you're trying to say the right things and you're just starting off in like being like not authentic in a way. So it's
0: also one right. of those relationships that just evolves, like let's say friendship. Like you exactly, you probably do your first call, talk to the person, see if you connect and reach right. out again. And there has, that does not need to be a very explicit formal relationship right from the beginning. It can gradually move right. towards it, right? If it is exactly. working for both. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, good to know, because even for me, like there have been times where I'm like, oh, I want to reach out and then I'm just uh, so doubtful. But now I know that, okay, let me at least... Uh, just just have a
1: conversation right I mean I think you know um, with people that uh, sort of you gel well with it's going to happen organically right it's you don't you wouldn't have to ask somebody oh my god can you be a mentor or something like that right it's just going to happen um, but it's not going to be forceful right I think uh, Mm -hmm.
0: so just you know uh, that's my
1: advice just you know talk to people
0: yeah I think that is very helpful uh, Priti, uh, is there any investment of time or money that you've made in the last six months that has made you more effective, personally or professionally?
1: Not in the last six months, but I think going back to school—that um, is in 2020—was this big uh, thing, right? Um, so I had already done my MBA. Um, you know, I had a full-time job, happy in my career, everything. So it, I didn't need to do it right I mean again talking back uh, about your uh you know comfort zone and things like that right so um it's not like I needed uh, that degree and so on but I was in a point where I thought okay I uh, I need some time for myself I need to figure out where I am I need to uh, think about my uh you know next 20 years of my life right um so I went back to school and it obviously it it changed a lot of things, right? I mean, one not having a job for nine months, um, you know, isn't isn't easy, right? Isn't it yeah. something um, not fun in a way? Uh, and then going back to uh, sort of uh, being a student isn't you know isn't easy as well, right? Being um, and and sort of in a way again starting from scratch in terms of uh, being open to you know what, you know all the experiences right, but it's been, like, the best investment of my, like, life, I think, right, and not just because it's, it's an amazing university, it is, right, but, and it's, like, I, I still can't believe I went there, but just the fact that I was able to um, take that time for myself, right, and um, and my family was so supportive in terms of, you know, from being a, uh, a working mom i went to being a student right i i like even my daughter's responsibility my um, uh, husband was the primary um, you know caretaker and uh, parent which was such a big change for me like such a big change i you know it just you know um, it was tough right and so mm-hmm. dealing with all of that right of being a different a new identity for myself right being like a student and uh, learning and um, just exploring but it's it's been like the best thing and even you know I graduated last year uh, so it's almost almost a year right um but it's still I'm still so
0: grateful for it who is someone else I should have on the show
1: oh someone else oh there are so many um so many so many people that I could really recommend you know in terms of um, in terms of inspiring people I actually thought about three categories Um, one is now I see a lot of young women young Nepali women you know I read about them on Twitter or even Instagram or I read articles about them and I love how vocal women are now right it's like insane and it's like so such like it's a breath of fresh air right where they know about um you know rights and responsibilities they know what they want in life and they're just you know they don't care right and it's like they're breaking so many barriers in that sense right and there's obviously individuals as well as they have you know some some, some have podcasts or some have different things but they're doing that on an individual and collective level so i love love that um Two is um, I love women entrepreneurs, right? I mean, uh, be, because especially s- still today, right? I mean, it takes uh, something extra to, again, go out of your comfort zone um, and do something, right? Something that you don't need to in a way, right? You're told you don't need to, right? But yeah. you do need to do it for yourself, right? Right. Um, so uh, there are so many of like, and I love, love reading about these uh, women entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things, um, changing Nepal in, in so many ways, right? Um, that's there. And then the third one, you know, uh, uh, you know, when you think about um, inspiring women, we actually never think about um, uh, homemakers, right? Mm-hmm. and it's like isn't that crazy right I mean it is because,
0: yeah. I mean when you think successful women you don't think of homemakers and this is yeah. wi- like this is us women not thinking about them
1: yeah exactly right right and you know uh, for me like my mom was supposed to be a doctor she was you know slated to be that but she you know uh, left that to take care of me my siblings and so on she's really amazing and there are so many other women like that right that you know either are forced to choose your like to take care of your home or they want to right either way right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're and if you see them in action they're pretty amazing right they're good very good negotiators they're like the best accountants they're like uh, great at managing people and like crazy things right but they're like they don't even have respect like they're not paid for their job. Mm -hmm. And they don't have respect, right? Even when we think about, like you said, right? Yeah, we don't. Like, you
0: know, I was just thinking right when you were talking this, that, you know, through, you know, my whole idea for the podcast so that more women could have more women role models, you know, learn from this. But I didn't think even for once to get a homemaker, but I should actually get some women who are homemakers as well because they're doing things amazingly.
1: Of course, right? Right. And it's like, There are so many, and I know so many uh, people that sort of, you know, the husband and wife went to school together. Like the wife is probably more brilliant than the husband, but because of whatever, right? Their family decision, the wife stays at home, the husband works, right? And it's like, and she's like, there is still like brilliant and amazing and so on, right? But it's like, it's so sad in a way, right? They're empowering people. They're empowering their family, enabling them making them successful but we never sort of think of them as inspiring so we need to sort of you know uh, change uh, yeah. our perspective as well
0: yeah yeah but if you have to give me you know one person's name someone I can have on my show you know I can reach out to um I
1: think Rumi is pretty uh, amazing okay uh, Rumi Singh is pretty amazing Prativa Pandey is uh, pretty amazing uh, building a lot of amazing things um you know their own companies really make an an impact so there's there's a bunch of people um I can you know I actually have a
0: list of these uh inspiring women so I can I'm happy to share it with you yes I'd really love that and hoping that I'll be able to reach out to them and get them yes. all to the show so yeah of course yeah Sounds thank good. you yeah thank you so much Preeti for doing this um it's been no a pleasure talking to you I feel I've learn so much and things to go back with that, oh, you know, this is how I can do it. Um, And I'm really hoping that my audience also feels the same. But yeah.
1: Um, I hope so too. And, you know, if, I mean, what I'd love is um, that, you know, this uh, this podcast, our conversation just starts off that dialogue, right? And the dialogue doesn't have to be all positive, but it actually sparks a conversation in terms of where we are as women as Nepali women, what we need to do collectively, how we can, you know, bring change and things like that. So I'm excited about it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe on the platform you like listening to your podcast on. And also please share it with anyone who you think might enjoy it. If you want to tell me your story, have any questions you want answered, Or let me know about a fellow Nepali woman doing amazing things. Write to me at unheardwithsaloni at gmail.com. Would love to connect. I am Saloni and you have been listening to Unheard with Saloni.